Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. It's been a tough week, hasn't it, man? Oh my God, it's been a surreal week. I hope everybody is healthy and happy out there, COVID-free. Stay, oh stay safe. This, Strange this, times, this, my e- this episode is coming to you a couple days later than normal because we had some technical difficulties. We normally record on Thursdays, then we pushed the recording back to Sunday. Um, I'm now in my new home office, which is my <laughs> my my daughter's bedroom. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got JoJo Siwa's Dream t- the Tour poster right in front of me. Nice. Um, and a Barbie Barbie clock on the wall. Um, yeah, everything is. We, we 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 don't have to tell you. I mean, if you're a musician out there, you know this is an incredible time of change and disruption. And absolutely, you know, we're here to help all we can. Yep. Um, but I want to do a quick shout out before we get into this week's guest to our sponsors and supporters huge huge love always to bruce and everybody at hypebot for everything you've been doing and continue to do to support the music biz weekly podcast and of course bands in town um thank you for everything you do as well to to share and support the podcast and of course let me bring this up here um bandzoogle.com thank you so much Built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in. Hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music, and merch commission-free. That includes commission-free fan clubs, commission-free crowdfunding as well. Mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters. Of course, social media integrations and amazing live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So the band Zoogle has been gracious enough to extend an incredible offer to the Music Biz Weekly podcast listeners. Head over to bandzoogle.com. Register and try it for free for 30 days, but use the promo code when you're registering. Music Biz Weekly, all one word, Music Biz Weekly. Use that promo code and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription on bandzoogle.com. Yeah, and we want to thank Disc Makers, too. Um, We know it's a digital world, but there's still a really important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts at gigs has become an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you need roughly 3,000 streams to make that same amount of money, and that is a lot of streams. So our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs, other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So um, you can get free shipping on CD orders of 100 or more from disc makers with this code, FREEBIZ. That's free biz for up to $150 value. So hurry and and do that. It expires. um, Oh, 
I guess it expires at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah, check out uh, Disc Makers and don't forget the physical stuff. Yep. So this week we have a returning guest. It's been a couple years. We have Jason yeah. from SubmitHub.com back to us. And yeah. this this week we talk about all of the new stuff SubmitHub's been doing in the last two years, including incredible growth in dealing with playlist submissions, YouTube Instagram influencers, as well as their their core of, of blogs. But Jason gives us yeah. a big update. And most importantly, stick around to the very end. He's got an offer for every listener, every viewer, to get free premium credits to go try out SubmitHub. So stay to the end. Jason will give you the details. It's really simple, but you got to stay to the end, and you can get the information you need to get some free premium credits from SubmitHub. So let it roll. Jason from SubmitHub. So, everybody, I want to welcome back returning guest, appearance number two. I want to welcome Jason from SubmitHub. How you doing, Jason? I'm, I'm keeping myself um, occupied in, yeah. in lockdown mode. Yeah. So where where are you uh, broadcasting from today? I'm coming to you from sunny South Africa. I guess it's nighttime right now, so it's not sunny. Um, and I've just put my kids to sleep. So I've <laughs> thanks, got some time. Thanks for doing it. Uh, we yeah, appreciate it. I've got some time. Um, we're, in, we're in lockdown mode now, so I get you know these little intervals of, of work when I can. But otherwise, I have a, a two-year-old and a five-month-old um, keeping myself and my wife quite oh, you've busy. Got, you've got right. your hands full. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Since since we spoke last time, I've had two kids. How about that? <laughs> That's how long it's been. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for those who aren't familiar, um, first of all, I would say definitely go back and search for the Submit Hub um, previous episode we've done. But Submit Hub has been around for a number of years, and you you basically got started out as a way as a website that would allow. Um, musicians, bands, artists to submit for reviews, basically. Like with blogs? And... Bloggers and stuff like that. Reaching out to them yeah. to, get, to get reviews, to get some media coverage. And you've, you've, well, you've... I've been blogging for 12 years. So, I mean, I, I started it with that context in mind. And um, for the last, gosh, from 2005 until 2015, music blogs were pretty darn influential. And so... That was the origin of Submit Hub. If you were an artist or a label and you wanted to try and get your music out there, a, a good starting point would be with, with blogs. Well, how did and, that uh, start with you? Were you a musician and wanted to figure out how to get people to listen to your music? I mean, how did that evolve? So, you know, I, I kind of like to draw the comparison of um, uh, bloggers are, are like those kids at back in high school who used to burn mixtapes and pass them out. So a lot of them don't have much of a musical background. They just really love music and they get a kick out of introducing it to other people. So from a sure. blogger's perspective, there's nothing cooler than being one of the first people to find a song. Yeah. And uh, which always kind of, it kind of, I find it funny because people often complain that blogs seem to only want to post about the big acts and people who have a big name. And it's actually usually quite the opposite. You know, you get your street cred if you're the first one to to write about a, an artist. So yeah. myself, I was sort of in that camp. I was online. This was in the, I started in 2008 blogging, and that was sort of the peak of illegal torrenting. And sure. so you just suddenly had this explosion, this wealth of free music 
that you could just sample as you chose. I mean, there was no SoundCloud, there was no Spotify. Uh, and, and a few years prior, if you wanted to listen to that much music, it cost quite a bit, or you'd have to go sit in the, the record store and listen for hours. But, you know, by 2008, you could just, oh, I'm going to download 10 albums today, flip through them, oh, I like this one. Didn't cost you a penny, and next thing you know, you know that, that band's actually generating a following. So I was, I was in that camp, and, and that's how I started blogging. And it, um, it was good timing, because 2008 blogs were pretty hot, but by 2011, they were just the, the bee's knees, right? Um, and I'd say the, the peak of music blogging was probably 2011 till 2013, Hype Machine was just it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you hit number one on Hype Machine... That was a big deal. It was a huge deal. You would be playing Coachella the next year, right? Um, and, and all of the blogs who were listed on Hype Machine became these extremely prestigious, sought-after entities. Uh, and any smart publicist or artist realized that if they could get coverage from 20 or 30 Hype Machine blogs, you know, the floodgates would open. And so as one of those blogs... I found that the opening floodgates was actually my email inbox and I was getting 300 plus emails a day. And that, wow. that really is the core of why SubmitHub exists. It's, it was to deal with that, that overload because yeah. from, from 2012 till 2015, I actually just stopped paying attention to new artists. I couldn't, I couldn't. My only source of new music day. was was what the other blogs were. Well, because I still had a full-time job and, you know, almost no bloggers were doing the blog full-time. Yeah. And so I just had 300 emails a day coming into submissions at IndieShuffle.com. <whistles> Never opened them. So I always thought that that might be something I could tap into. And, that, and that, that's where SubmitHub got its origins from that that blogging side and the demand that was present from, from musicians. And how did you build that network of real blogs, trusted blogs, people that would actually listen to the music and if it fit what they were doing, they would play it and promote it. How did you kind of grow that network? In, in sort of the <clears throat> irony of all ironies, I, I emailed, cold, cold emailed, a thousand hype machine blogs. Uh, no kidding. And surprise, surprise, none of them, well, barely any of them responded. And I think I managed to get 10 or 20 to sign up within the first three months. So I got a, a what is that a two or three percent response rate, which yeah. is I, I think is similar to what many artists were were getting as well. Sure. And so yeah. these guys just did not want to respond to me because they weren't even looking at their inbox. Sure. So I I entirely focused on hype machine blogs for that 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 first sort of six month growth period, and um, actually we just kept going through that. I think out of the first hundred that we signed up, I bet you ninety percent of them were hype machine blogs. Wow, fantastic! So, so, so let's let's fast forward to um, today's music climate, where you know, right or wrong, happy or sad, blogs don't have the the impact they had as you were talking about a few years ago. It's now all about playlists. It's it's all about Spotify playlists. I mean, Jay can attest to this. Every client is just like so. Are you getting me on Spotify playlists? Are you getting me on playlists? Are you submitting to playlists? Are you submitting yeah, to playlists? The first thing they say. It's the first thing they say. And and, mm. and and Jay is so happy to say, well, you know, playlist is not your marketing plan, okay? Yep. That's just part of your marketing plan. It's not your entire marketing plan. But how did 
how did you see the writing on the wall and and make that kind of pivot so submit hub now is a portal for submitting to playlists gosh um it might have had something to do with people emailing me saying that they really wanted to be on my playlist and i would think dude i don't have a playlist i'm a blog what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and so I, I guess in that way i was sort of front row on on that early warning sign that hey everything's shifting to playlisting and i had a lot more people contacting me from both sides of the spectrum artists who were saying hey cool you got a bunch of blogs the tool works really well for for connecting and communicating with people but um why don't you have any playlists and i would go well you're right. Why don't I? Um, so it was around the time that we spoke. We I, we spoke in January of 2018. And it was around that time that I started to accept Spotify playlisters onto the platform. And naively, I listed them showing their follower numbers, which is all that was available through Spotify's API. Mm -hmm. And it, it took off, right? I mean, as you point out, the demand was there. This was two years ago. It was already there. Um, I don't think that, you know, this is, I don't think it's a, it's a new thing, but there was a lot of misinformation floating around, a lot of people trying to take advantage of artists, and, and I myself sure. didn't fully <clears throat> understand the ecosystem. So here we are saying, hey, everyone, we're open to Spotify playlists, and next thing we know, like, got this barrage of applications. We're looking at them. We go, okay, you know, you got 30,000 followers. That's great. Join the club. And... Um, Turns out half of them were fake. And, and that actually became a really tough challenge for us to work through. Uh, and, and that challenge emerged about two weeks after our last conversation. So uh, a guy named Ari Herstand, who yep. writes for Digital Music News. We know, we know Ari, yep. He wrote a <laughs> review of Submit Hub and yeah. um, it's still up there. It's woefully outdated, but <laughs> he he pointed out that a lot of these Spotify playlisters are being listed on SubmitHub as having 100,000 followers. And they're botted or fake or whatever. They used um, a lot of them actually aren't necessarily buying their followers. They're using download gates or platforms like SoundPlate, which is follow to submit. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, all of those result in in listeners. Well, no listeners. You've got followers who don't actually listen. And that's the big problem we had. So Ari basically accused us of, of scamming people and man, that hit me like a truck because I'm thinking, I don't want to be called a scammer. And more importantly, that's not, you didn't set out to be that. No. Be because, and, no, and what, what, what Jay and I have talked about for years here is yeah. this playlisting world, the, the streaming world is evolving so quickly that what is acceptable today is against terms of service tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, people, it's, it's hard to stay on top of all that because Spotify doesn't issue a press release every time they change the rules. It just sort of happens and you need to be aware of it. You know, as, as, as Ari has said, you know, Spotify, <clears throat> Spotify will ban artists who go against the terms of service to get added right. to playlists. I think he's had music he's, pulled down. He's had music pulled down because of that. I think so, yeah. And, <clears throat> and, and it's not so much somebody like you and your company, it's the playlisters who are trying to take advantage and game the system is what yeah. it is. 
a lot of these guys actually uh, spill over from the SoundCloud repost days. So in 2014, yeah. 2015, these very same people who are now scamming with fake playlists were scamming with fake SoundCloud profiles. So they'd have 100,000, 200,000 followers on their SoundCloud and they charge you $15 for a repost. And invariably none of those lists, you know, followers were actually real. So, so we, we had this issue and it's, um, our solution has actually created another issue. But uh, the, the solution to Ari's problem was to actually try to figure out how many plays each playlist is generating for the artists. And again, Spotify doesn't want you to have this information. They're, they don't have it widely available to the public. It's not part of their API. But if you are an artist and you have access to Spotify for artists, you get a nice dashboard that shows you yep. each of the playlists you've been included on, how many plays <clears> they've gotten <throat> you in the last 24 right. hours, week, 28 days, or all time. Yep. And so I, I noticed that there was a, a little download CSV button at the top right. And so <laughs> I, quickly, I quickly asked a friend if I could get into their account, you know, can I do this? I downloaded the CSV, I got the formatting, and I wrote a little script that actually um, allowed me to upload the CSV, pass through the data, put it into my database. And then I actually had a system where I would go through and review the numbers, say yes or no. And, I, and then I started sending out emails to artists who had been shared by Spotify playlists through SubmitHub. And I said, hey, 28 days ago, you were shared by so-and-so. Would you mind logging into your artist dashboard and uploading the data to SubmitHub? And and they started doing that. Um, you, you know, I think I got close to three hundred thousand uploads. Wow! Of this data. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, the trick <clears throat> you just have to pay them money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually offered free premium credits to anyone who would upload their CSV. Gotcha. Um, and that three hundred thousand number, I guess, can be misleading because each. That's counting each row in each. So divide it by 100, and that's like 30,000. Still. Okay, so about 30,000. Very impressive. What it meant was that we could actually draw together really targeted listening information for the playlists that we had on SubmitHub. So we actually knew they shared this artist. They probably didn't put them at number one. They probably put them at 15 in the playlist. And the numbers we're getting are reflective of what the average SubmitHub artist can anticipate if they get approved. So we were the first ones to kind of break through with this number. And of course, we made it you know, publicly available for everyone to see so you could make your decision. You know, you would say, okay, they've got 100,000 followers, but every song they add only gets 15 players. Bit of a red flag. And we put up a note there warning people, yeah. you know, go for it if you want. 15 players is still 15 players, but something's iffy here. And um, that created another problem because these guys just started going out and buying plays. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, you, you squash one bug and you get the next one. Right. And, and what's that? It's, it's made it so tough to try and figure out who's legitimate and who right. isn't. See what's real. And yeah, we've, we've become pretty good at, at seeing the warning signals. Um, we've got a huge database of, of names and connections, and we can tell if someone, you know, a applies to join and they actually have a similar ip address to someone else and yeah. so we've got all sorts of ways of telling um another one you know if the playlist name ranks well in a search term then often it looks legitimate if they have a good brand behind them sure they might be getting it from that a huge youtube channel helps right. um and now the thing we're seeing all these times we're, we're sort of seeing the suspicious behavior what's going on you know how did you grow by two thousand followers in a day and then they'll send you these screenshots of all their facebook ads and you're like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I guess it's legit. Well, another tactic you're seeing a lot of these days, and I had a couple of artists last week that showed up on these playlists that they'll just take a popular television show and put that title in there. Yeah. yeah and then you, you go to that and it's like, oh, that it's got to be legit. You know, it's, it's probably associated with that TV show. And my big fear is that you get one of these playlists where everybody's kind of breathing their own exhaust, right? It's a lot of people just like you that are artists just trying to get people to listen to their music. So that's what I love about what you're doing is you're looking for real engagement. You're looking for, you know, not just how many followers a playlist has, but actual how many listeners, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, playlists that have tons of followers, but very few listeners and vice versa. There are some playlists that don't have tons of followers, but they're really active. They're really engaged. And as a musician, if I was out, you know, putting out music, that's where I would want to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, 2020 is one of the hardest times to break out and become a big <laughs> artist, but it's actually one of the easiest times to, to grow a fan base. And I think the trick is to really hone in on your niche and find the people who like your music. And yeah. that's going to mean 95% of the people you put your song in front of are going to reject it. Yeah. But it's about getting into those, you know, the, the 5%. And that's where I think you bring up these, these smaller playlists who focus on specific niche genres. They might only have a couple hundred followers. But, you know, I can think of one playlister who does um, Thai funk is the name of this playlist. And it's just yeah. like this chilled out rock music and it's so good and it's this beautiful niche and, and his followers are genuine and real. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I, you know, yeah. Every time I have a house party, which is not often these days. Um, <laughs> yeah, not these days, but... <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I got that playlist on in the background and I think yeah. a, a big... You know, Submit Hub can help. Um, it helps with a few things. I mean, it, it definitely dampens your ego, but... It can really help you pinpoint where you should focus. You send your song out to 100 or 200 people and 10 of them like it, boom, you found something you can hone in on. And then you just want to follow that channel and try hammer it. Well, let's talk about that for a second because that's something that Submit Hub does that I I don't know very many places where you can actually get feedback. So if you post something most places, excuse me, you don't know why you weren't added or, you know, and I think with Submit Hub, and, and correct me if, if, if I'm wrong here, but you, you've been able to get feedback from people to kind of tell you what, what they thought of your music. Uh, yeah, you're 100% right. Um, the premium credits that you use, which range from anywhere between 80 cents to $1.20 each, depending on how many you buy. Um, and right now they're all 19% off. Um, so people are buying a shitload of them. But the, um, what it gets you is three things. One, each blog has to listen for at least 20 seconds before making a decision. And which you said I blog. Think, is it blog? I'm sorry. Is it blog yeah, and playlist? Sure. Let's curator. use curator. Yeah. There's okay. actually blogs, playlists, YouTube okay. channels, SoundCloud okay. channels, which we don't, we don't encourage anymore. Twitch okay. streamers we have now. Okay. Um, and the biggest one we're really pushing quite hard is Instagram influencers. But we can, we can touch on that soon. So the three things you get with with premium credits are um, a guaranteed 20 seconds listen time. And so I use uh, modern browser APIs to just determine if they listened or not. I know Playlist Push, which is one of the only um, competitors to Submit Hub, they don't have a listening requirement and they actually can't track whether the blog hits 
or the playlist listens or not, which is kind of important when you consider you're paying about $15 per playlist if you use Playlist Push. Um, the second thing you get is a response within 48 hours, which was uh, you know, a pretty big thing at the time, uh, given the, the way emails were working, where you'd shoot one out and never hear back. And the third one is the feedback you describe, which can be a bit of a controversial part of SubmitHub, but I think it's one of the reasons you can know it's real. So people will often point out, uh, you know, I got this feedback that says the vocals are great, and then the second person said the vocals sucked. So clearly they're lying, because how could it be both? And you know, that's why I would say, well, actually what you're seeing, there's two different people who listened to the same song and heard it differently, and that's actually the, the beauty of music in a way. It's subjective, and we get to pick and choose what we like. So the feedback you get, minimum of 10 words, Sometimes it sucks, sometimes it's amazing. But I think when you send it out to 50 or 60 people, you'll start to see trends come out as well. And so you can see, okay, well, you know, like 40 people mentioned that the chorus was too predictable. Maybe it was. Yeah. So it's, it's a contentious point. And, and I think one of the tricks has been to set expectations up front before you actually receive your feedback. I put a lot of work into making sure that people know it's going to be all over the place. And yeah. um, some of it will sting, but at least you know they listened. And it's meant to, the, the purpose it serves is to essentially demonstrate that the money you spent resulted in some actual time and effort being put into your song. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the feedback that, that you require is actually, to me, probably the most important thing. It, it, you know, or, or actually the, the answering yes or no within a period of time because I've had so many clients who before coming to me they've tried all sorts of I won't mention the services emailing submitting through other companies to playlisters and and as we kind of know third-party playlists are not for the most part officially run businesses they're not well-run organizations they're no, no. they're Joe sitting in his dorm room who maybe once a month gets around to dealing with his playlist and updating it, you're not getting response from those people. So you're putting a lot of time in when you do that manual outreach and you're not getting anything. You're not even, I don't even know if they've opened the email. I don't even know if they've listened to it. So there is great value in providing that service of, all right, Hey, we know this has been delivered, this has been listened to, this has been responded to. Whether they like it or not is nothing that you can control. That's a pure editorial, personal, do you like it or yep. not? But at least you know it got there and it was received and it was reviewed. That's huge because you you don't want to continue to waste your time hitting hundreds and hundreds of playlists that you never hear back from, that will never tell you anything, that that maybe six months from now they finally add you to their playlist. Well, six months from now you're on your next album release. Mm -hmm. You know, the it, so so the fact that you require this of of the curators to me is a really important aspect of the service. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to put you down completely there, because you. I think you're right. It's a. It's an incredible amount of time and effort. But many artists do have that time and effort, and 
if they do, I think there is still some merit to going out there and trying to find particularly the playlists who are not on Submit Hub. Good luck reaching them, but it's actually worth it. You might try, and you might be one of the well, only by, ones by, to By find. all means, yeah. It, it, it's but, just but it's think, a lot. It's a lot of work, is what it comes down to. Because well, once you hit a certain point, okay. So for an 18-year-old who's just out of high school, $100 is a shitload of money to invest into your music. For a 35-year-old with a family and a full-time job who loves making music, $100 is nothing compared to the publicist you were thinking of hiring. Right. And so I think if if you're that person who's who's serious about your music but actually has a little bit of money, this is an incredibly cheap alternative to hiring a publicist and dare I say way more effective um, at getting a response than, than many publicists can be. So, so yeah. Jay, Jason, let me, can you walk us through the basics of how the Submit Hub process works? So you, you, you purchase these premium credits and you need credits to submit to the curators. What, what, what hap how does the money flow work meaning does does 100% of that that purchase go to the curator so they have an incentive to actually listen reply and review how how does it work walk us through it okay well let's start by walking through what the artist sees and what their process is like so if you are an artist and you want to send your music through submit hub step 1 is to upload your song you're going to go through a couple options, choose your country, your release date, get your artist profile ready. And once you've gone through all of these steps, you're going to be presented with a list of a thousand. Right now, it's actually 1,100 curators of, of various shapes and sizes. From there, the next thing you're going to do is filter by genre, which is the most important and, and sometimes difficult thing you can do. Sure. And there are a couple other filters. You'll go through this list of curators and you will be in some ways overwhelmed by the amount of information that's presented to you about each one. But I think this is this is one of the big differences between Playlist Push and Submit Hub. Playlist Push has many of the same playlisters that Submit Hub does, but they offer a service where you give them your song and they decide who it gets sent to and you don't have to do anything. On Submit Hub, it's all in your hands. You get to choose who to send to. And so we give you as much information as we can uh, before you make to your make decision. Make an informed decision. Gotcha. Including what we were discussing about, you know, how many plays do they actually get on their playlists? Mm -hmm. Which playlists do they typically share to? I mean, many Spotify playlisters have multiple playlists. And so you can see, we'll show you those stats. They'll show you exactly which playlist they share to, how often, and how many plays they get. Things like their approval rate. We'll let you, you get a sneak peek of their feedback. If you want to see what they normally write for people, there's a button and you can boom, see it. See their recent shares, button to see that and you can play them right in place. You know, what has this playlist or blog shared in the last week? And there's all the play buttons. And so all of this information is right there for you to see. And you don't even need an account. You can just go to submithub.com slash blogs to see it. The, um, <laughs> which is because that's so public, a lot of the, the knockoff competitors have actually just gone through that list one by one and contacted the, <laughs> the playlist and blogs and said, hey, come join us. And then it never <laughs> works out. Um, so each playlist curator is um, it starts at, at one credit each. Um, but some of them can request that their price gets increased to two or even three credits. So what that means is, um, you know, if you bought 100 credits for $80 and you send to someone who costs three credits, you're going to pay roughly $2.40. 
each outlet gets a flat 50 cents per credit. So that's it, just a flat number. They don't have to worry about fees, coupons, discounts, whatever. And then Submit Hub takes the rest for our business. Now, now so, let, 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 let yeah. me ask you, does that, because as we know, Spotify doesn't allow you to pay a playlist owner to add you to their playlist. That's against their terms. Absolutely. So, so in your case, it's not a payment to add you to the playlist. It's a payment for review and consideration. So the three things you're paying for, as, as I mentioned earlier, were, um, you know, response in 20 seconds, response within 48 hours, sorry, 20 seconds of listen time, response within 48 hours, and a decision. So those three have no guarantee of placement in the playlist. Gotcha. That's, that's the transaction that's going on. And so because of that, um, I don't even think it's a gray area. I mean, we've been around for four and a half years now. Spotify's shut down some similar competitors, but they haven't shut us down. And we're here working with, you know, Warner, UMG. They've got outlets listed on Submit Hub. They're using it all day, every day. The fact is, it's it's if it were payola, it would be the shittiest paying payola in the world. Right. Well, that's that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, gee, fifty cents. I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> that sounds like a great tagline for your business. That that is one of the yeah. If it's payola, it's the shittiest. <laughs> um, I think that's one of the reasons why it. It, well, it's frustrating to artists, but one of the reasons it's legitimate is because I'm not incentivizing the curators to say yes. Yeah. It's got to be entirely down to the merit. They're going to say yes because their whole presence, their, their online being is based on their music selection. And if they're not selecting and sharing music, then what are they? So they're going to be saying yes, but they're not incentivized to do it through money. And... What that means is that 90% of the time it's a no. But as I mentioned, those stats you can see about each curator you would send to, it tells you exactly how often they approve sure. songs. And it will actually, that approval percentage is based on the genres you've chosen. So yeah. if you choose instrumental hip hop, it's going to show you, okay, Indie Shuffle's got a 7% approval rate for instrumental hip hop songs. Here's a selection of the ones they've shared. So yeah. Um, in, in some ways, that percentage incentivizes the blogs to share more. You don't want to have a like a 0.5% approval rate on your outlet. No one's going to send to you. But ultimately, this doesn't violate Spotify's terms of use because the money is not connected to the actual yeah. share. Right. Um, I mean, that makes sense. Right. Well, Jason, let yeah. me ask you this. So we, we've talked a little bit about bloggers. We've talked a little bit about user curators. Talk a little bit about like YouTubers and radio stations and influencers and, you know, other, are they separate services or is it all kind of baked into one? It's all baked into one, um, which was an interesting challenge because I'm trying, there are three scores that each outlet gets, which is, um, quality, which is kind of based on their behavior. Do they write good feedback, share quickly, um, respond to everything? Then there's an influence score, which is one of the toughest ones for me to try and code. But it's taking apples and comparing them to oranges and coming up with a, an actual number that makes sense. And so you're looking at different things when you compare YouTube channels to Spotify to blogs. And well, what's interesting is YouTube channels, by and large, are actually the most influential ones, I would say. Um, some of these guys 
can easily pull 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, a million plays on each video they upload. It's crazy. It's crazy how many people are listening to YouTube. The monetization on that is really bad. Right. Not just for them as the YouTube channel, but, but for you as an artist. Because most of the time what you're doing is you are revoking your monetization of that video and letting the, the YouTube channel keep it. And it's just specific to that channel. You're not saying they get money elsewhere. But, you know, picking up a million views on a YouTube video, even if it doesn't play, the spillover effects are going to be pretty big. Oh, it's that's um, substantial. I mean, that's the number yeah. one streaming service, right? It's YouTube. It's not Spotify. And <clears throat> the engagement on video versus audio is obvious. If you get somebody who's really adding it and they're, it's legitimate, you know, engagement, um, that could make or break a track. And we've, we've got some huge YouTubers on Submit Hub with you know, millions of followers. And when they do share a song, it just gets tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views. The, the downside with YouTube channels is they don't approve very many songs. Most of these channels are only uploading one song a day. And if they are uploading one song a day, that's actually quite a lot. Um, like a, a platform like Mr. Suicide Sheep, which is not on Submit Hub. They are sort of a bigger, they use Submit Hub to, for their label mm -hmm. to send out music. <clears throat> but, um, you know, those guys don't upload videos very often. And, and you'll see similar stuff, you know, Cloud Kids, one of the ones on here, Dynamic, another. These are YouTube channels with more than a million followers. And so the downside is you're looking at these guys and you're seeing that they've got a 0.2% approval rate. Yeah, And oftentimes people will ask me, well, why the hell are they even on SubmitHub? You should kick them off because they're clearly just trying to make money. And I actually have to point out, well, no, hold on. They get you know 100 submissions a day. They can approve one song every two days because the other one goes towards their label because almost all these guys have a label as well. And so YouTube channels are, are, are actually one of the tougher ones to get onto but have by far the biggest effect for, let, for an artist. Let me ask you, can you clarify for me? So in reference to YouTube channels, you're saying um, the, uploading the music. Are, are you actually providing the channel with the video so they upload the video directly to their channel? Or are you, just put, are you providing them with a link to the video on your channel that they add to their playlist? Uh, all you're typically providing them with is a really high quality audio file, and then they're going to sync that to a visual of their choice. Okay, gotcha. so they're going to check do a out the work on it. Yeah, they, gotcha. they tend to all have themes. Most of the time, it's just a, a you know a pretty image with like a throbbing logo. Sure, that's kind of what they do. Like a pseudo video. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, almost like, almost like a lyric video, but without yeah. lyrics. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, generally, I mean, we've got a built-in copyright system on SubmitHub. So what happens is if you do get approved by one of these YouTubers, you'll get an automated copyright request note, which basically says you give them permission to upload your song onto their YouTube channel. And then you can optionally indicate whether you're going to allow them to keep the money or if you want it. Gotcha. So, and and, those, when, and when, when they do that, do they have requirements of... You know, in the in the description, they have to credit the band, the music, anything like that. I mean, it, well, it, the song it, title is going to be the, the the name of the song. Um, there are a few YouTube channels that do compilations. So once a week, they'll upload a one-hour playlist. It's actually an entire yeah. video. It's not a bunch of videos, but um, then they'll typically have a track list in there. Most YouTubers tend to avoid that because what happens is if 
one of those copyrights didn't go through properly or the band forgot to whitelist, the entire video comes down. And so they'll often find that they spend a lot of time curating 15 songs to make a great one hour long video, they get permission from everyone, they uploaded it, and then one of those songs had a copyright thing on it and the whole right. thing gets taken down. Yep. So gotcha. most of the time they're doing single songs, the title matches your artist. And the other thing about Submit Hub is it's, it's um, the communication is really open. So once you get approved by someone, there's a chat directly with that person, it's real time. And so if you do have a request to have your links listed in the, in the description of the song, Easy peasy, you can do it. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you about genres and moods because there's some lanes that are very popular, whether it's EDM, country, female singer songwriters, whatever. There's some where there's going to be a lot more competition. What if you have uh, a a lesser known genre, like one of the ones you were mentioning before? Clearly, there's going to be less you know, um, user curators and bloggers and YouTubers and stuff, but it's mm. still, it's still something that you want to reach those, those people. Do you cater to lesser known genres and moods for these types of things? I challenge you to name a genre we wouldn't cater to. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe like East Asian music we don't have much of, but, um, I think what's happened. So submit hub started with five genres, uh, rock, mm -hmm. electronic, hip-hop, pop, and other. And today it's got about 140 genres. So it's really expanded. And a lot of that expansion has actually been driven by the, the curators and the artists themselves. So people come on and they say, um, I see you got metal listed, but I do thrash metal, um, which is totally different. And I'm like, well, it's thrash metal. It's obviously part of metal. So then I'll go to you know seven metal blogs at the time and say, hey, what... Is this guy right? Is there a difference? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. In fact, you should have, you need to have melodic, death metal, thrash metal. And so, net effect, we have like eight subgenres of metal music now. Well, um, we ran into that problem with, with jazz because with jazz, there's traditional jazz and then there's like smooth jazz, you know, which is like Kenny G. And yeah. you don't want John Coltrane, you know, in the same playlist as Kenny G, not to discount either of those guys. But I, that was kind of the question, yeah. too. Yeah, is there so many. Uh, variables and subgenres and things, and it sounds like you're you're growing in that direction. I, I would say that we tend to match the demand. So uh, right now we just have jazz, and so I guess a challenge challenge succeeded there because you're right. There's a distinction between um, a more classical type of jazz and yeah. smooth jazz and ethno jazz and whatever. Um, but the I guess the fact of the matter is that there aren't that many curators in that area, nor are there that many artists who are playing this this game yeah. um, within that realm. Yeah. And <laughs> yet, right? And so I welcome it. But but yeah. there has to be this balance. Um, so you know, more and more jazz musicians, that's great, but but you need to have jazz curators. And and in this digital space, it it tends to be represented by mostly young people. Of course. And so some of these genres um, aren't as well represented, but you know we've got pretty good representation in classical, like neoclassical type of stuff. There's a lot yeah. of blogs on there who take that. And if you're an artist in one of those niches, it's almost in your favor because you're probably one of the first ones on, on top of this online game and your odds of being approved are, are quite a bit higher. So um, we've got this, this feature called Hot or Not on SubmitHub, which I rolled out over Christmas 
of last year, 2020, it's been out for a year, but I just, I, I you know, had a little too much brandy or whatever, and I, I coded this together in three nights, but it's, it's a really simple thing. Thumb up, I like the song, thumb down, I don't like the song, and artists can rate each other's songs, and if you rate 10 songs, you can put your own song forward to be rated five times. And um, I've collected some interesting stats. We just passed a million votes, which is kind of cool. And Congratulations. what I've noticed is that the friendliest genres tend to be those niche ones. Neoclassical is the friendliest genre. Um, so, so within, actually, I think I published some data. I'll send you guys this link, but uh, I've also done this for the blogs. The friendliest genre is neoclassical. It's got like a, an average 30% approval rate and the site-wide average is 10. So I would encourage you to check out and separate those jazz uh, genres only because if you're listening to jazz in the United States, for example, um, it's it's a bunch of 50-year-old white guys like me. But if you listen to jazz in UK, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, it's college students. So huh. it's depending on where you're at, you listen to music differently, obviously. And there's, you know, like I was saying, you you will never hear smooth jazz playlists you know, with traditional jazz and vice versa. And those, those, it's like classical in the sense that the people that dig it, they dig it and they get it and they know the history and they know who's playing which instrument and, you know, where they came from. And, and like classical music, there are certain classic tracks in jazz that people cover year after year after year. And then the third part of that, and then I'll get off the jazz kick is vocal <laughs> jazz, you know, with vocal yeah. jazz, you know, there are so many great uh, singers now doing vocal jazz, and it's kind of almost this this genre of its own. So, you know, you can't have every single, you know, uh, genre or subgenre represented, but I think it's exciting that you're at least pursuing that. Do do some of these folks ever come to you and say, hey, look, I have a I have a traditional jazz blog and you just have jazz. I'd like to be one of your, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nonstop. That's, I mean, that's really what drives it at the end of the day. Um, I've, I've got a list of about five genres now that need to, to sort of be updated. I'd say every two or three months I add more genres, and it's usually because someone's going, hey, my music's not on here. You know, I'm trying to send yeah. this song, and you don't have that genre. And I'd go, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, why don't you try this genre? And they go, come on, dude, that's not even the same. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, it's like saying 80s music. I had a friend of mine tell me he liked 80s music, and I'm like, did you like hair metal? Did you like Flock of Seagulls? Did you like Jeffrey Osborne? I mean, you can't just say 80s music. There's so yeah. many genres in there. J yeah. Jason, uh. um, what's the process for a curator to get added to SubmitHub? Right, so they go to submithub.com, apply. Um, they fill in their details. Uh, we've got a few questions we ask them. They choose their genres, et cetera. And then they go through a rigorous inspection phase where we kind of dig through everything to make sure they're a good fit. Um, I'd say we get about 30 to 40 applications per day and oh, wow. we let about, about five of them through on average. Okay. Good. So to that's know. a lot of people who get, who get rejected. Um, so we've gotten a lot of influencer applications these days. Those ones are pretty easy to read. Um, I mean, you got low engagement, high number of followers, something's not right. You got low followers, but crazy engagement. Something's not right. All your comments are the fire emoji. Okay. Um, 
Or you nice. just do memes. We don't really want that. That's sort of like the SoundCloud, I mean, the Spotify playlisters who just try to hijack a, a Netflix soundtrack and pretend it's, it's official. Um, they're just gaming the system through algorithms. So there's a lot of stuff that we're looking at. Um, uh, Dylan on my team uh, has been doing that for four years now. So he's gotten a really good eye for it. And he's slowly going insane just because it's, it's the same thing over and over every day, but it's just more every day, more and more people applying. So we're actually going to hire someone to help us. But yeah, I mean, each one's a unique little butterfly. And so we got to look through it and see if it's a good fit or not. Ultimately, we want to we find people who are, are genuinely passionate about music discovery and have something of value to give back to musicians. So in the case of a music blog, as an example, we often don't care how big the following is. If they've got 100 followers, that might be fine. What we're looking for is really good quality content. Do they actually write reviews, put some effort into it, curate their music and think about it? Um, I mean, on the flip, flip side, it's pretty easy to get a Spotify playlist to put you into their playlist because they don't have to think about it and they can just add 30 songs in a go. And um, I, I think many of them don't care as much about the music, I would say. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still very uh, old school in thinking that, that blogs are kind of the true music lovers mm -hmm. in, in this space. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm highly skeptical of Spotify playlists and just Spotify in general. So, Well, gotcha. you know, it's a... How do I describe this? Spotify playlisting is is a lazy thing you can do. As you said, it's very easy. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, let me just add it, and it's done. And, uh, you know, yeah, I've added you to my playlist. You didn't think about it. You didn't. Does it go didn't well with the other songs? Do yeah. I move it up to the top? Do I move it to the middle? Mm -hmm. It's very simple and lazy to run a, a, a playlist, frankly. There's little work is required to do it. So the fact yeah. that you're trying to weed out the people who are the lazy ones from the people who actually think about their playlists and care about their playlists and care about the music is, mm. is good. That's good to know. We're trying. Um, I mean, we've got close to 300 playlists listed on there now, and I will not say that all of them care. Um, <laughs> it's. I mean, I... I, I I can't make generalized statements like that. You're dealing with 300 different people and different sure. playlists. So there's obviously some, some great ones and some not so great ones. But yeah. writing a blog post is a lot harder than adding a song oh, for to sure. a playlist. It takes more commitment. And you'll often find, I mean, that's why the blogs have a much lower approval rate. And um, I guess the reality is these days that, you know, that playlister might actually get you more plays than the blog will. Yeah. So and that's the way it should be. But, but, you know, the, the, the blog might actually get you some true fans. The playlist, you're going to lose those plays as soon as it gets pulled from it. Yep. So, yeah. so J Jason, before we wrap up here, what's on SubmitHub's radar coming up? Are you, is, there, is there a new service? You know, it's been, it started blogs. It's now playlisting and influencers and YouTube. Is it's there the something influencers. new? It's the influencers. Um, Instagram influencers is our big new push. We started in December. It's now, you know, about three months later. We've got about a hundred of them signed up. And so the, the the reason we're focused on Instagram influencers is because 
of music stickers. I don't know if you guys have seen these on sure. Instagram, yep. but you can yeah. add them to stories. And <clears throat> right. they're monetized. So if you go through your distributor, district kid, whatever, and you upload your song and you choose to put it on Facebook and Instagram as well, you're going to get paid when someone uses that sticker. Yep. So that's the idea behind it. Um, we thought, cool, well, this is a really great opportunity. You know, music is now part of Instagram. And historically, I've always kind of pushed away anyone who applied as an influencer just because in my head, I didn't associate Instagram with music. But it's there now. Um, so we are signing up what I would call micro-influencers, people who have around 10 to 20,000 followers. And if you are an artist and you want to send your music to them, it's actually a great way to, to kind of get it out there. So these guys are a little bit more like the playlisters in that they're a little more freewheeling with what they approve. Um, a lot of them don't actually have a music background either, or, you know, it's sort of their first time doing this, but I think it's an interesting space because the, the playlist market in many ways is quite saturated and everyone's talking about Instagram and TikTok in particular. So right. this is uh, it, it, from my side as another example of us trying to stay ahead of the curve and going, okay, well, you know, we've got, we've got the Spotify stuff locked down and, um, what's going to be next. And I, I think it is this influencer marketing. So we're going to build up this, this subset of people that you could send to. What's cool is if you go on SubmitHub now, you go to submithub.com slash blogs and you, you find an influence in that list, you'll actually see screenshots of all the stories they've shared to. So you can get a good taste of what you'll get out of it. And um, yeah, we're going to keep growing that. And eventually, I think what we might end up doing is offering a bit of a, a, bit of a payola marketplace um, because... For many of these TikTok people, the videos they pull together actually require, uh, dare I say, more effort than a blog post. You know, they're getting yeah. dressed up, they're doing makeup, they're dancing, they're editing the video, they're doing all this crazy stuff. And and the whole culture around TikTok and Instagram is one of, of what we would consider payola in the music industry. Here, it's $1,000. Can you use my makeup in your video? And so... The challenge we've had signing up a lot of these people is that they come in and go, great, I love this idea. I love music. So what happens? They pay me $20 and I put it on my Instagram and we're like, mm, nope, you know, here's how it works. And um, they struggle with that. And they go, well, I'm not going to do a TikTok video. You know, it takes me two hours to pull together and it's what, 50 cents? And you know, that's when I go, well, it's not about the money. It's about sharing great music. And they're like, oh, shut up. So... <laughs> So yeah. part of the idea there is to actually create a bit of a marketplace for these influencers where you as an artist could come on and get them to do karaoke to your song or dance along to it or whatever. Um, but I think that one's sort of a, a post-coronavirus, yeah. late 2020 type of, of thing. Well, you know, we're, we're paying influencers now <clears throat> to play our music underneath their makeup tutorials or to, it's different than paying to have something played on the radio. This is a service. It's almost more like sync licensing and Product that sort of thing. Exactly. And I think yeah, if you're it's... upfront about it, there's a value to having somebody do something to your music and they won't do, to your point, it takes so much more engagement to do that that service has a different value to it yep so that that's probably the service we will um oh, yeah that's know, interesting giving away Keep all my secrets to you. But, uh, <laughs> well that's what that, the wine will my, do for you no man that's that's the weed speaking man <laughs> um 
Yeah, that, that's the idea is to just to bolster up this group of influencers. And once we've got 500 or 600 of them, we can roll out this offering that actually has quite a lot of coverage. And instead of, I mean, I don't know how much you're paying these guys to sync to your song, but instead of paying $500 or $300, it's going to be more like 10, 15, $20 for each one. Cool. Um, cool. So again, it allows you to sort of cost a wider net. And I mean, I don't want to say I'm cheapening the. I mean, it's sort of like how Uber, when they first kicked off in San Francisco, it was expensive. It was a black cab. It was kind of nifty. You could order it on your phone, but it was expensive. And then they just knocked the price down, 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 sure. down. Yeah. So I guess in a way, I hope I'll be able to disrupt the influencer sort of payment system by bringing these prices down from, you know, $1,000, $500, whatever, to, you know, $20. And, and the sell to the influencers is, you know, instead of selling one per month for $500, what if I can sell you 50 per month at $20 and you make twice as much? So Yeah. Well, listen, we, we could literally talk to you all day and we'd love to have you on again. Tell, yeah. tell our viewers and listeners, um, where, where should they go if they want to learn more about Submit Hub? Well, they should check out your um, videos. <laughs> this one <laughs> and the previous one, but they've made it this far on this one. So, Thank you, um, the... Uh, you know, Submit Hub itself is a great resource with all of this information. Just landing on the homepage, you're going to see a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, one of the things we we pride ourselves in is is transparency and openness. Uh, we we're not hiding anything. I'm upfront about the fact that it's tough. You're going to get rejected, but you can also see every single person you could possibly send to before you even create an account. So it's all right up there for you to see. So I'd say a good starting point is probably SubmitHub.com. And I've just reminded myself, actually, at the end of our last interview, didn't I offer free credits to anyone who made it that far? I think you did, yeah. I was going to ask you, you if you've got again, any Jason? special offer here. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. YOLO. Um, All right. So Yeah, no, I'll put it out. Anyone, if anyone has made it this far in the video, and hopefully there's tens of thousands of you, um, just shoot me an email. Jason at submithub.com. Mention this video, and I'll send you some some free premium credits to try it out. Awesome, awesome, Jason. That's an, an awesome offer for our listeners. We Thank appreciate you. that. Thank you. Cool. So, um, keep us updated as you start rolling out all of the stuff you were talking about, enhancing for the influencers, and as yeah. things are changing, keep us updated. I mean, please. You know, in the last two years, you've changed significantly. So. That's that's what I do. I just sit your coding. <laughs> Thanks so much for yeah. taking the time on your your night, I guess, out there. Sounds so good. Yeah, appreciate it. And stay safe, stay, man. Stay safe, Jason. You guys too. Take care. Cool. All right. Cheers. Thanks so much. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value.